This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for November 9th, 2018. In this week's episode, we've got tips for safe and secure shopping as the big sale days approach, plus a cool detail about Apple's new T2 security chip, and how safe is it to continue using older operating systems that no longer receive security updates. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software, exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern, and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Mac OS Mojave came out last month, and we've gotten a number of questions from listeners who can't upgrade their computers to Mojave or even perhaps earlier than Mojave. Larry wrote in with a question. He has a 2008 iMac. It stores his iTunes master library. He uses it for the web and email. He has a later MacBook Pro that he used for business, but he wants to know what he can do to make sure that that iMac of his from 2008 that only runs El Capitan is secure. He says, my home has a wired Ethernet connection to all rooms. I have an Airport Express router. He puts in parentheses, ha, 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 because, of course, Josh says router and I say router. But he can't afford to upgrade the computer, and he's a little worried about the security. Now, Josh, you and I were talking. You have a very similar situation at home, don't you? You have one of these old, what does Apple call them, obsolete computers? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I I have a, a 2007 iMac that we use for a couple of very specific purposes, kind of similar to what Larry's talking about here. As you said, he uses his iMac for multiple purposes. One of the things that he uses it for is as an iTunes media server, essentially. He's using that as his master music library, he said. That, I don't see anything wrong with. Um, to, To have something on your network that is just serving something for your internal network. As long as you don't have anything really malicious on your internal network, then that's probably fine to have something that's not getting security updates anymore. But if he's using iTunes, he's almost certainly connecting to the internet with that computer. Uh, well, to to a limited degree. So, for example, if he subscribes to podcasts... Like the Intego Max podcast. Of course. Then his iTunes app is going to be connecting to the internet to download those podcasts. Right. And the Mac is still going to be connecting to the internet to get updates for various software apps, not the operating system itself, but he's probably got a recent version of iTunes because that's compatible with older operating systems and other apps that he uses, he needs to update. So he does have to have an internet connection at least at times. Right. Well, and that sort of starts getting us in the direction of where I think it's a little bit more questionable. So he he mentioned um, that he also uses this for doing some web surfing and checking mail. Right. I would advise caution if you're going to, um, to use a Mac with an outdated operating system, a Mac that cannot be upgraded to a newer version of Mac OS, especially if you're using Safari or Apple Mail. That can be a problem because Apple is not releasing security updates for Safari or Apple Mail on those older operating systems like El Capitan, Mac OS X, 11, and older. And you may not think that Mail is problematic, but the way Mail works is it uses the WebKit framework to display HTML messages. This is the same framework that Safari uses to display web pages. So if you get an HTML message, it could take advantage of vulnerabilities that aren't patched Once you open the message, something might happen once the 
the, the text and the images start displaying. And theoretically, it's even possible for an email message that just gets downloaded by your mail app to cause a problem on your computer, even before you've really opened it and started reading the contents or clicked on a link or things like that. So this is something to be aware of. I would say that if you really feel like you have to continue using this computer to access internet resources, other than just iTunes, like we mentioned, I would say definitely don't use Apple's mail app and don't use Safari. If you have to use a web browser on that machine, you can use Chrome or Firefox. At least as of the present time, those are both still being updated for El Capitan by the manufacturers, by Google and Mozilla. Also Flash Player. If you're using Firefox, it doesn't come with Flash Player built in. So if you really need Flash Player, it is still being supported on 10.11 as well. When was the last time you needed Flash Player? <laughs> well, so most sites that actually require Flash, um, I just use Chrome to access them because it's built into Chrome. You don't really need to install Flash Player anymore because of that. Once upon a time, people were downloading, you know, the disk image from Adobe every time that there was a Flash Player update. You had to download the disk image and run an installer. And you really don't need to do that anymore now that Chrome has had it for several years now, has had it baked into the browser. I don't often see websites that require Flash Player. Every once in a while, I come across a website from a musician or an author that was made 15 years ago when everyone said Flash was the future of the web. But I came across one a couple weeks ago. I clicked the link in Twitter to watch something on the BBC. And when I got to the website, the BBC's website, not the iPlayer website, which is their site that organizes everything, but a separate, I guess it was just a program website, it said Flash Player is required. And I was pretty stunned by that because the BBC is pretty cutting edge when it comes to the technology. So if this ever happens to you, go into Safari, go into Preferences Advanced, and click Show Develop Menu in Menu Bar. Now, this adds an extra menu called Develop, which has a whole bunch of features. You can use it to inspect elements on a web page. You can look at the code on a web page. There's all sorts of things. But what's useful here is there is a, a menu called User Agent. It's set to default. And when I changed the User Agent to iPad and reloaded that page in Safari, it was able to display the video. In other words, the BBC was forcing people on the desktop to use Flash Player, but if you were on an iPad or an iPhone, you were getting HTML5 video. So sometimes just tricking Safari so that the website you're accessing thinks it's not Safari on a Mac enables you to see content you couldn't see otherwise with Flash Player. That's a great tip. Yeah. So Larry, if you want to continue using that old iMac, what I would suggest is probably just download Chrome um, or Firefox and don't use Apple's Mail app or Apple's Safari on that computer, and you'll probably be okay. Okay, we don't have a lot of security news this week, but there is an interesting little tidbit that came out. A few recent Macs have what Apple is calling their T2 security chip. You'll find this in the iMac Pro in new MacBook Pros since the Touch Bar, I believe, and in the new MacBook Air. And... It turns out that one of the things this T2 chip does is it disconnects the microphone whenever you close the lid of a laptop. Now, this is interesting because there have been some sorts of malware that can keep the microphone on, 
You can use an Apple laptop in many cases when it's closed, connected to an external monitor, but you wouldn't know if something is listening to your microphone because you wouldn't see the little green light next to the microphone. Right. That is a big difference between when something is using your camera where there's a little light that lights up and when something is using your microphone, you may have no indicator on your computer that the microphone is in use, which is a little scary if you think about it. If you happen to have some malware in your computer, it could be spying on you and you would have no idea. It could be streaming your audio 24 hours a day, you know, as long as you've got your computer on. So yeah, that, that it sounds kind of scary, but I really like what Apple's doing with the T2 chip Here's how Apple describes it. This is really intriguing to me. All Mac portables with the Apple T2 security chip feature a hardware disconnect that ensures that the microphone is disabled whenever the lid is closed. This disconnect is implemented in hardware alone and therefore prevents any software, even with root or kernel privileges in Mac OS, and even the software on the T2 chip from engaging the microphone when the lid is closed. So if you close your lid, Nothing can use your microphone if you have one of these Mac portables with a D2 chip. And yet it doesn't turn off the camera. Well, yeah, but it's kind of obvious why, right? Because if, <laughs> if your lid is closed, then your camera can't really be used anyway. It's not going to see anything. I know, but it's worth pointing out. Sure. In the interest of completion. <laughs> okay. So are you in the market for any new computers or TVs or stereos or a new car or anything because it's coming up to that that terrible day known as Black Friday. And and it's called Black Friday for a reason because it's really not a nice day. Yet you can get lots of deals when you go shopping. I would never ever go to a store that has Black Friday deals. You would have to have like armor and weapons to to face some of the the wrath of people trying to get a cheap TV. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary some of the the stories we see each year about people getting you know trampled and things it's it's actually pretty scary it, it really happens yeah there's there's fights and there's people get hurt and it's just it's just not polite i i like polite shopping i don't like impolite shopping so do you have any plans to buy anything this year i'm sure that you know all the tips about staying secure when you shop online but i'm sure that some of our listeners might benefit from a little refresher about this yeah absolutely i think it doesn't hurt to review this every so often and just be reminded of some of these tips and maybe we'll even talk about some things you might not have heard about before i hope so and we'll link to a couple of articles in the show notes on the indigo max security blog summing up a lot of this so the first tip that we've got for you is to make sure that you're shopping on secure websites you want to make sure that if you're shopping that you have a little lock icon or it says HTTPS at the top. Now, depending on what browser you are using, some of them no longer display that HTTPS up at the top unless you go and click in the address bar and then usually you can see the full complete address. But you want to make sure that you see a lock or HTTPS in your address bar because that indicates that you have a secure connection with that site. Um, now, most sites like Amazon, you're not going to have a problem there. But some of those more obscure sites where you may need to make sure that you really have a secure connection. Right. And one of the things that always happens at this time of year, especially if you have young children, which I know you do, Josh, is there's some toy that every kid wants and that's sold out of all the stores and people are going to check all the websites to try and find it. And this is when scammers try to catch people. You may find a website that, that claims that it's selling this toy and it's a website you've never heard of. And if you go there, you really have to make sure it's secure. 
We did a recent episode where we went into HTTPS, secure websites, in great detail. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But you need to be careful when you're going to websites that you don't know. These are new websites for you that they are secure. Right. It's really important. Um, next up, we've got use strong passwords. If um, I had a dollar for every time we had told people to <laughs> use strong passwords, I think regular listeners know this. But just to remind them, use strong passwords. And don't use the same password on every shopping website that you go to. That's right. Because if one of those sites gets breached and your password gets out, now somebody can use that same password to get into other accounts that you have access to. And here's a tip. If you want to get something on Friday and you know there's only limited quantities available and you've never yet bought from that website, set up your account in advance. So you'll have time to put all your information in in to choose a strong password so you're not in a hurry when you're in your shopping cart it says you have 37 seconds to complete your purchase <laughs> okay we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to give you more tips for not only for security but in order to get some better deals on black friday if you or someone you know has got a new macbook or imac or switch to the mac from windows be sure to check out Indigo's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Indigo's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac podcast listeners can get 50% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9, Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today and then use the promo code Intego Podcast at checkout to save 50%. That's Intego Podcast to save 50% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today. Okay, secure websites, strong passwords. The next one is another all-time favorite. Don't use public Wi-Fi networks. If you're shopping at some public place and they offer free Wi-Fi, but there's no password to connect to it, whoa, that's a red flag. That means that whoever controls that network can spy on you and probably even other people connected to that network can spy on you. So this is not a good thing. If you are, I, we have to say, if you're going to use a public Wi-Fi network and you want to do any kind of transactions like purchasing something, you must use a VPN. I'm going to link to an episode we recorded last year on the podcast about using a VPN. And in next week's episode, we're going to discuss VPNs in much more detail with someone from a company who makes a VPN. Now, there's just one thing. People go shopping and they take out their phone to compare a price on Amazon or something, right? Do they have to worry if they're using public Wi-Fi for something like that? Do they need to worry? Um, probably not. I mean, well, actually, maybe <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, because what could be a problem is if you are signed in to a website in your browser and you're now on a public Wi-Fi network, 
in some cases, there could be a potential problem where somebody could steal the cookies that that identify you to that website. Most of the time, this isn't really an issue anymore because almost all shopping sites use HTTPS. But a number of years ago, there was an attack. Actually, a, there was a Firefox extension that somebody created um, called FireSheep. And it made it possible for anybody that was on a public Wi-Fi network to basically impersonate anyone else who was connected to a non-secure site on that same public Wi-Fi network. And so I, I would say it's good to be cautious. If you know that you've got an encrypted connection to that shopping site when you're checking deals versus what's in the store, it's probably okay. But maybe it's safer to just use your cellular connection instead of Wi-Fi. It would definitely be safer to use your cellular connection, yes. Another tip in the article we're linking to is don't buy from unfamiliar websites. And I mentioned earlier that it could be that toy that your kid is looking for. And you get to a website and how do you know if you can trust it? Now, I've always had the feeling that if it's a secure website, I can enter my credit card and I don't have to worry too much. But the real problem is if they turn out not just to be scammers, but to just not deliver what you've ordered. And then you've planned on buying something for someone, you don't get it. You may have to contest your charge against your credit card. And it's just a headache. I know that there are a lot of small businesses that try to make a living selling things. And one of the problems with Black Friday is that you're on this kind of self-imposed deadline that you think these deals aren't going to last. And in many cases, they won't last. And you want to get something cheap. So think twice before you buy from unfamiliar websites. It's not always the best way to do your shopping. Good tip. This next one kind of goes without saying, but you want to make sure that you're using a good security solution on your computer. So make sure that you have antivirus protection, a two-way firewall, uh, and other essential tools to make sure that whatever you're doing on your Mac is going to stay safe and that you don't accidentally get an infection by browsing these Black Friday deal sites. Okay, the next one, we're going to go more into actual purchasing tips here. And we talked about it on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I'll link to an article on the Intego Mac security blog, how to spot fake product reviews. So you go to Amazon and they've got this widget that you've always wanted. You never heard of the brand, but it looks like the widget you want. And it's like four and a half star reviews from 8,000 people. But can you really trust it? They might be bogus reviews. So check out the article. There's a link to a website where you can drop an Amazon link in. It'll tell you how many of the reviews are real. And you, you may be surprised when you look at some Amazon products. This website called FakeSpot, it can also check TripAdvisor and a few other websites. But Amazon is the main one that it checks. So do you have any plans to buy anything um, consequential? New TV, for instance? <laughs> new garage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's A new cage uh, well, for your giraffe. Well, I shouldn't say that because now you know that I am in a, my secure location is somewhere where it's tall enough for a giraffe to live. Well, also temperate enough for a giraffe to live. So this narrows things down. You're not in the <laughs> yes. Antarctic or the Arctic. So, so no, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe getting a Mac Mini. Um, like I said, I mean, I've got old iMacs, and so we're really way overdue at this point. Okay, so here is your Black Friday tip for Apple products. Okay. Don't bother. <laughs> They're not on sale. You might get some old products on sale from the big box retailers like Best Buy might have 
50 bucks off last year's Apple Watch or last year's iPad. But if you want a new Apple device, you are not going to get a discount anywhere. I know that most of the time when I see deals on Apple products, they're one of two things. They're either maybe it's like $50 off. They went to the like the maximum discount that Apple would allow them to give. Or it's a really old product. Um, last year, I actually wrote an article about some interesting things that I found when I was browsing Black Friday deals on a particular auction site that shall not be named. But it might be kind of obvious if you look at this article. We'll have a link, of course, in the show notes. And they were offering things like an Apple iPhone 5 or 5C or an iPad 2. And these are things that have not gotten security updates from Apple for a number of years. Well, it's not just that. These are older models, and you and I know that they're older models, but a lot of people who may not have any Apple products might not realize it, and they're tempted by an iPhone that costs $100, and they don't realize how old it is. Exactly, right. So especially when it comes to iOS devices, do not buy something that's very old. Check it out. If you're not sure, if you think, hey, this looks like a good deal, look it up and find out when Apple last manufactured that device. Because if it's more than a couple years old, it's probably not such a great deal. Indeed. And Apple might not even be, you know, releasing iOS updates for that model anymore. So if by any chance you were planning to buy a Windows computer or a Chromebook or any other kind of electronics product, my favorite tip is check the guarantees. Here where I live, there is a one-year guarantee on everything. There is one department store chain that gives you a two-year guarantee on anything that's electronic, TVs, cameras, things like that. I was looking to buy a speaker for my kitchen. Now, I have two HomePods in my bedroom, and I was going to possibly get the Sonos One speaker to put in my kitchen. It's a lot cheaper than the HomePod. And there's one retail chain here in the UK that offers six-year guarantees on a lot of the things they sell, including that. So the guarantee is actually worth money to get a better guarantee. When we say guarantees, so you're talking about what, um, uh, being able to exchange it or get your money back on it? No, repair guarantee. Oh, okay. So by default, you get a one-year guarantee on whatever you buy. If you buy an iPhone and you want to extend that guarantee to two years, you have to buy Apple Care. But that also protects against damage. It means that repairs are cheaper. But if you buy a TV, it's got a one-year guarantee. You really want that TV to have a longer guarantee. And I don't know about you, but my credit card company will let me get extended guarantees on things I buy with the credit card, but only like one a year or something. But I generally, if I'm able to get something at the same price from two retailers, I'll pick the one that has a longer guarantee. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of do the same thing. I, I tend to look at warranties on, you know, um, whatever it might be. If it's something that I think I'm going to be using for multiple years and it looks pretty much like the same specs and things and it's got about the same reviews then i'll i'll definitely go with something that's got maybe a three-year warranty instead of a one-year warranty now you mentioned returns that's another thing is to check return policy again this depends on where you are uh, i know in the states it's not uncommon to have to pay what they call a restocking fee if you return something that's not at all the case here i've never seen that i believe that the way the law is in the european union is that anything that you've bought online it's treated like you didn't see the, the, the item, so you're able to return it in a certain amount of time. I don't know what it is in stores because I rarely buy things like this in stores, electronics. But it's important to know if the return policy is onerous. If you decide that you don't like what you got and you have to pay maybe 50 bucks restocking fee and you have to pay for return shipping, that's something to be aware of. 
Right. And this isn't a safety tip, but since we're talking about returns, if you're giving somebody a gift and you have an option to get a gift receipt, that's kind of a nice thing to do <laughs> because if if they decide that they don't want it, then they don't they either you know, don't have to be stuck with trying to return it to a store that they didn't buy it from or re-gifting it. Okay, so here's a life hack, and I've been practicing this one since forever. Whenever you buy anything that's like an electronic device, keep the original packaging. Even if it's a big TV, put it in your garage, in your attic, your barn, whatever. Keep the original packaging. You will thank me because when you do want to give it to someone or ship it for repairs or sell it on eBay... You're not going to be able to find the packaging that fits. Sure, for an iPad, you can put it in a middle envelope and a padded envelope or whatever. But anything bigger, keep the original packaging. You know what's funny? For Apple products in particular, the larger ones, like, like an iMac or something like that, you can often buy just the box on eBay. Yes. <laughs> people actually yeah. sell them. And so I guess people must buy them. Okay. So I've got an iMac on my desk and this one that I bought a few months ago has been fine. But the last one I had to send back to Apple for repairs. I don't have a local Apple store. If I didn't have the original box, I mean, how do you pack an iMac? You know, it's got that funny shape. How do you protect it? Do you wrap a blanket around it or something? So I always keep the original boxes. It's good for when you're returning something that you just bought that doesn't work. And I know people who throw the box out as soon as they open it or they tear it apart. Don't do that. Keep the box. You might be returning it. A quick tip about prices. One of my favorite websites is the interestingly named camelcamelcamel.com. Yes. Uh, what this website does is it tracks prices on Amazon. I know it does Amazon US and UK and perhaps all the other Amazon country sites. If you're looking for something and you come on Amazon and it's on sale, today's deal or whatever, take the URL, put it into camelcamelcamel.com and see what the price history is. You'll see a graph with the price as it goes up and down and you'll see where it sits. Is that really a good deal? Because, oh, it's manufacturer's suggested retail price, $200, and you're getting it today for only $49. You're saving $150, but maybe it's been $49 for three years and they're just lying about the standard retail price. Camel 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 can also send you alerts. So if you're waiting for something to go on sale, put the URL in, check the little box, put your email, and they'll send you alerts. We are not affiliated with CamelCamelCamel.com in any way, but I have used it as a money-saving tool over the years, and I think it's worth knowing about. Yeah, that's a good site. I've used it as well. And this is something that you can use year-round. It's not something that's exclusively like Black Friday deals or something like that. So where this comes in really handy is... Maybe it's the end of a quarter and somebody is trying to sell more of a particular product and you might end up with a good deal in the middle of May or June or who knows when. So it's definitely worth subscribing to alerts on products. And here's another tip. If you have pets and you buy pet food from Amazon and you can get it at good savings, put your pet food on camelcamelcamel.com. That's what I do to feed my two cats. Every once in a while... The, the main brand of cat food we buy is on sale at 50% off. The last time I bought 126 cans of cat food, thanks to an alert from camelcamelcamel.com. <laughs> well done, Kirk. That sounds like some good savings. Hey, I saved, I don't know, I literally I saved 100 pounds on that. Wow, that's, um, that's not because, bad. you know, this is premium cat food we feed our cats here. One last tip, and this is a website that I really like. It's the Wirecutter, wirecutter.com. They were an independent site. They were bought out by the New York Times a while back. They do these really in-depth comparative reviews. They'll look at, say, 
25 different, I don't know, camera bags or 25 different skateboards. And they'll choose the best and the second best and the best that's a little more expensive, et cetera. They do a great job on Black Friday going through all the deals to find not only what is a good deal in terms of price, but what's good quality. Again, no affiliation, just a website that I've been using for years. Often when I'm looking for something that's sort of electronic and I don't know much about the product, I'll just go there and buy what they recommend. A couple of weeks ago, I got the new iPhone XS Max and I wanted to get one of those induction charging pads. And you go on Amazon, there are hundreds of them. So I just went there. They recommended one. I bought it. It works fine. Yeah, I've, I've looked at those too, actually, because I, I also have a, a 10s, not the Max. But I've started thinking about that. I'm like, hmm, you know, there are some times when, particularly when I'm using my headphones, because I haven't shelled out yet for the, <laughs> the uh, wireless version that Apple makes. So that lightning port on the bottom of my phone is being used when I'm using my headphones. And so I can't charge at the same time unless I'm doing the so-called wireless charging. Yeah, it's not wireless. It's induction charging. But I, I mean, the, the, using the word wireless makes it sound magical, but it's not that magical. If you've ever used an induction stove, you know that you put a pot or a pan that has stainless steel on the bottom on the stove and it gets hot. It works kind of the same way, just without getting too hot. Hopefully. Ideally. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, I recommend you get one, Josh. It's a good thing to have on your desk. So you can just put your phone down and it's always charging when you're not using it. So you don't have to worry about it later. Uh, I find it really practical. Anyway, we're going to wrap up. So you all have time now to go check your websites and decide what you're going to buy and go to camelcamelcamel.com and set up alerts and let us know if you have any questions about shopping. If you encounter anything that looks a little bit suspicious, we'd love to hear from you. Until next week, Josh, stay secure and keep that credit card under protection. I will. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.